with me. We'll read our text and we'll get into uh, our final message in the book of Deuteronomy. And what a message it is. Chapter 34. Are there? Say amen. Okay, verse 1. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab into the mountain of Nebo and to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. So here Moses is not going to enter into the promised land. Joshua was going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. But God took him to the mountain so that he could see the promised land. Verse 2. And all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah under the uttermost sea in the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, that is to Moses, this is the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley uh, in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab 30 days, and the days so the days of his weeping, of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended, and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom and Moses had laid his for Moses had laid his hands upon him and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses father i pray your blessings on this message in Deuteronomy as we finish this great book that you would uh, use this to encourage hearts this morning and show us that not only are we watching in Deuteronomy a great chapter closing and a great chapter opening, um, but it's the same that you're doing in our lives here in Fall City at Valley Avenue Baptist Church. We'll give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thanks for standing. <clears throat> I don't know how many years ago, Miss Cindy, how long have you been saved? Where are you? Oh, hi. 2018. Is that almost five years ago? Okay. It was right here, wasn't it? Miss Peggy? 2018, the same night. Right here. Miss Cindy was there. Of course, none of this was here yet, but it was in this time. And Miss Peggy, you were here. Um, Pastor David Hetzer was our missionary preacher, missions conference preacher that week. And Miss Cindy, I remember you testifying that you needed to be saved. You knew you needed to be saved on Sunday night, uh, but you didn't come. And then on Monday, you're like, well, I'm not leaving without getting it settled because I can't handle another night like that. Got settled, got saved right here. Um, uh, Brother Tim, on that day when Patch performed, he l couldn't get out of here fast enough. And I think probably there are those of you who would confess that that's been, it's been that way for you too. You got to the end of a message and God was pricking your heart and you were under conviction and you knew you needed to take a step for God and, and you couldn't get out of here fast enough. Well, that was Brother Tim on that day. And he, at about 2 o'clock, was so stirred by God, knowing that it was time for him to be saved, that he messaged me about 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon on that day and said... Uh, 
Pastor, how do you know when you need to be when you're ready to be saved? I said, I'll be there in five minutes. Went straight to Holman's Ford, walked in, he was under the hood of a truck, and whenever he, I uh, when he began to acknowledge that I was there, he turned around and he had been crying probably since church was over. And he called out to Christ right there in Holman Ford. Um, that next Sunday, he was to be baptized. And also that Sunday, Brother Marvin, you came. And it was right here. And we met right here because um, we knew we knew what God was doing in your heart. And it was time. And your heart had broken. Got saved right there. And then... Uh, it was, I think, about right here, wasn't it, Miss Janelle? When you, uh, we prayed for you for so long, you know? And some of us are pretty stubborn, I think, you know? But when it was time, you knew because your heart broke. And it, it was right here, you called out to Christ. And then over here, Brother Josh, I think you are about right here. Where's Brother Joshua? He's doing junior church. Amen. He's preaching. Well, it was right here. And how cool was it that while Brother Josh came to the altar, I think, you know, Miss Gabby, you and him were right there beside each other on like the third row. And he came out and he, he was right here. And I, I was pretty sure why he came. And he got saved. But I didn't, he didn't know that Miss Gabby, you came and you were right over here. And you got saved right here. And so when Brother Josh went back to his seat, he realized, whoa, that you had went up there. He didn't even know. And I think you didn't know that he had went. Or maybe there was a, it was pretty cool. One went one way, one went the other, and both went for the same reason. It was time. Uh, uh, the McNeely's during revival just last year, I mean, on Sunday, they knew. Brother McNeely, he voiced it to me. He had raised his hand, I, I need to be saved. Um, then on uh, Monday, Sunday night after the sermon, we talked about it. And I said, well, we're, well let's make sure we meet up this week because you know, we, we need to get this settled. And uh, he came to me on Monday night before church. This is revival time. Before church on Monday night, walked straight in and he said, you know, Brother Jerry, just a great guy. He said, you know, Pastor, I appreciate your prayers, but I, I think I figured out what was wrong with me. I was just sort of stressed out about my finances, you know, and, and I've just, we just had, you know, with the stock and how things are going, I'm just nervous about my finances. And I said, well, I'll pray for you tonight. Let's just see what God does. You know, the sermon on Monday night was about excuses. And then he told a story about a man who came in and basically just gave excuses. And Brother McNeely just knew, what else can I do now? I'm out of excuses. When I give excuses and the preacher preaches about excuses, I know God's working in me. And he walked to the altar and I knew why he was coming. Oh, and that was, by the way, he had already said, you know, Pastor, I can't kneel down because of my knees. And I'm, I'm nervous that I kneel down. If I kneel down, I won't be able to get back up. But on Monday night, after the sermon on excuses, he came down and he knelt right over there. And he called out to Christ. And with the tears flowing down, we embraced. And as he walked back to his chair, I turned to my left and Jean was right there beside me. And she was just kneeling down, I think just patiently, quietly, sweetly waiting because she needed to be saved too. 
And so what I'm telling you this morning is that we have watched God do miracles at Valley Avenue Baptist Church to change lives, to save the lost. And by the way, is that all? Is these short uh, testimonies that I've given all of you who represent those who've been saved? No, there's many more of you that are represented in this room tonight who are saved as a result of Valley Avenue Baptist Church. And God's worked in you, and we've watched God do that. And that's what I know God wants to see continue in the future, is, the, is that the gospel would go forward and that more people would be saved because of the preaching from behind this pulpit. And it might be that uh, God will use you to be a witness and a testimony to people who need to be saved, to family who you have in this community, and the way they'll have a chance to be saved is because of you. Because you'll go to them and you'll say, you know, you need to come to church with me. And when you come to church, you're going to hear the gospel message and you're going to learn of your need of salvation. What a song, what a testimony the kids sang about. That it's not of works. And I'm telling you, we live in a society, in a world that is driven by religious actions as as a means to salvation, but you need to understand, we need to understand at the depths of our soul with conviction because the gospel is based on salvation by faith through grace. Now, by grace through faith. Now, what God wants us to understand is this is what the, what people need to hear. Salvation by grace through faith. And people are putting their hope in their works. And so you have family. You need to go to them who perhaps they have a church that they go to, but the church that they go to teaches them that you need to be a good person to make it. When the Bible does not teach that, as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches the opposite. That it's not of works lest any man should boast. It literally says that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so they need us to go to them and to invite them to come and hear the Gospel. They need us to go to our... Our coworkers need us to go to them and to invite them to come and to hear the gospel. Your, um, your neighbors need you to go to them and to invite them to come and to hear the gospel. And that's what we desire to see is that the gospel would continue to move forward uh, so that people would continue to be saved. God had saved Israel. He had delivered them. He would brought them out of the... Uh, the bondage of the Egyptian empire. He destroyed them and he had delivered them and it's time now for them to go into the promised land. The transition between Moses and Joshua in our passage is because Moses was leaving. Moses was going off the scene. Look at verse 1 again. Uh, it says, Moses went up to the plains of Moab and to the mountain Mount, uh, mountain of Nebo on, to the top of Pisgah and over against Jericho and the Lord showed him all the land. Then verse 4, about halfway through it says, here's what God said, I will give it unto, unto thy seed, meaning God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, to give them the promised land and God said that He would fulfill His promise and He wanted Moses to, he wanted Moses to see that. So God took Moses, who isn't going to the promised land, but who had led the nation up to this point. Moses is leaving. He's not going to take the land, but God wanted Moses to be there for the transition so that Moses would see, this is where you're going. 
This is where the nation is going. You're not going to get to go. But what grace it is so that Moses got to see where they were going to go. Verse 5, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. He went off the scene. But God, before He went off the scene, allowed Him to see the promise. The people are going to get to go into the land. As it's well documented and known at this point, God's moving our family. I knew that God was doing something that day when you were teaching, Brother Chad. I was just sitting over there. It was a normal day. I always like to hear your lessons, of course. And there's those times I thought, man, that was a good one. I mean, they're, they're all good, but then there's those ones that you're thinking, that was, that was a good one. I mean, that was good. Um, the right message at the right time. And that was happening in that moment when God worked in my heart. But, it, but that had happened before. What was different was the Lord touched me and it was as though I knew it was time for you to be the pastor. I hadn't had that feeling before, that thought before. In fact, I thought it was just a feeling. I told you, after, after all of it was over, I, I thought, I, I caught Brother Chad up on the platform and I said, now, don't move with your emotions because it felt, it felt, it felt like I was being emotional with all this. I pushed it aside, but then after that, on that Wednesday, God allowed that a phone call would come about this Arizona church who needed a pastor and the Lord had placed me on their heart and it was I've had calls like that before and I've always said I am not interested but I knew that God was doing this I had tried to push the emotions off but I knew God I knew God was doing it and it's so crazy like because since since that moment the phone call it was just like the first thing in a landslide of things that God began to allow to happen just to affirm what I knew in my heart He was doing. Um, the message that Sunday was listen to the call. I had written that two weeks before I actually got that call. My message was listen for the call. Um, the next day I started reading in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, where God said to Jeremiah, who said, Oh Lord, but I'm a child. I don't, I don't feel qualified for this, but... And then God says, that's okay because it's not your resume that makes you qualified. It's me, God says, that makes you qualified. You just go where I tell you to go. You say what I tell you to say. And you go to the people I tell you to go to. God said that to Jeremiah, but I felt like on that day, in that moment, He was saying that to me. Fast forward all the way up till yesterday and we load the truck and, and Brother Steve's son Doug shows up and this is like, I can't believe like we're looking at these boxes. And we're looking at that truck and we're thinking we made a mistake. You know, we're leaving some stuff behind. You know, just start right now, like what we're not taking. Uh, and then Doug got to work and he started cramming it in there. They, I'm telling you, they carried 20 boxes in there and it looked like no space was taken up. Like, how did you do that? There is some kind of a magic thing happening here. Um, but it was just God working. It's hard when the man of God moves. It's hard. Why is it hard? Because we invest our lives here. We 
we we gave ourselves to the ministry. Miss Marilyn, where are you? There you are. Brother Eric, there you are. These two were with us when we had nobody. Remember those years? Not months. Years. Miss Marilyn, I remember right back here whenever you pulled me aside and you were had been really disturbed. I couldn't tell if you were angry or what your emotion was, but you I knew you were disturbed because it had been a few years and we hadn't seen any growth. And you said this to me. You said, Pastor, you, I don't know if you remember this, but you said, Pastor, when's it going to happen? I know you don't know this, but I was asking that same question. <laughs> I'd already been asking that. Like, God, when is this going to happen? You know, But I knew. God's going to do it. We just got to keep doing what God wants us to do. And so there were turbulent times. There were hard times. But we stayed. Because this was where God wanted us to be. And then God changed us. He's changing us. You know, He's helping me to learn things. You know, you don't become a pastor. By the way, be gracious. Be gracious. Uh, we ask Pastor Chad Berry to be compassionate and to be gracious in his preaching. Because we're humans, right? We ask for that. But I think that it would be wise for the church to be compassionate and gracious with the man of God too. Because not only is the church in a growing transitional time, the pastor is too. And God did that in me. And in those years, we, we invested and we gave ourselves. And in the hard times, when we, would, when we would give our hearts to people and then they would walk away. And it felt like it felt like just pain. It just hurt. And I wanted to just go to them and say, do you not care that we loved you and now you've just walked away like we did, like we were nothing to you? How many times did we feel that way? But it's, it's, not, it's, it's not about for us. It was never about that we would just always have people saved and then they would never walk away or leave. No, it was always about we are where God wants us to be. We're doing what He wants us to do. And He's called us to open our hearts and to love people and to with the grace that God has dumped into our hearts and lives, with the forgiveness that He's given to us, that we would give that to anybody who needed it. And so we might feel hurt, but we would immediately with the Lord's help forgive. And we would give ourselves and give ourselves and give ourselves. And for the most part, really not asking for a lot back. Because that's what the ministry is. And we did that. And so it's hard. This isn't easy for me or my wife. This is really hard. Because you're our family. You're our friends. You're <laughs> but then God came and He said, 
You've done what I asked you to do. And so now, it's time for a transition. And the work will continue. You know, how, how, how cool is this, Brother Chad, that you came these seven years ago and, and then God has allowed me to see you take the pastorate and this great uh, congregation that it's like I feel like Moses standing on the mountain and I won't get to be the pastor but it's like God is allowing me to see this is this is going to be a bright future for my people it's exciting for me <clears throat> but there is fear sometimes I've watched I've watched transitions not go well because um, young men have come on the scene and they've changed. I've watched young men come on the scene and change doctrine and become something, try to move the church away from the right kind of philosophy and ministry to begin to follow a contemporary movement. Now, sometimes you, you think of contemporary as just like contemporary music, but we need to understand something. Contemporary music is born out of a philosophy. Music isn't the thing. I mean, that's the thing that gets all of the glamour. It's the contemporary music movement. But that's not, that's not the thing. The thing is the philosophy that's behind the music. And it's if you study every listen, this is a this is a big deal. If you study the philosophy behind the movement and compare it with the Bible, here's what you'll have to conclude. This is not biblical. This isn't a biblical philosophy. And there have been many who have come in and they began to turn what was a a ministry that was biblical and began to turn it in a contemporary philosophy so that what it was isn't what it became. And then there is those that are the intellectual side who come in and maybe it's not a contemporary mindset, but it's an intellectual mindset. And so then they, they approach the Bible with, without the Spirit of God helping them and guiding them without having a, a, a real walk with God. And then it becomes this intellectual display and exercise. And doctrines begin to change. And this is where Calvinism is born. Where the false doctrine that destroys the work of God. And I've seen that. But you know what God has allowed me to see? That a man's coming in who's going to stick with the old path. Why? Because we've already seen it for these years. And we rejoice about that. We're excited about it. Thankful for it. <clears throat> Sometimes there's fear that the ministry won't be like it was. We want then what will end up happening sometimes is we end up spending a lot of our energy wishing that it was like it used to be. Anybody ever had a pair of shoes that you're like, yeah, these are the shoes. Anybody? Yes. And then you wear those shoes out and you're like, man, and you can't find them. But you have the memory of those shoes. You spend the rest of your life just like, Wanting another pair of shoes like those shoes. You know, some of us have real shoe problems. I can see that. Um, sometimes 
if we're not careful, the ministry can become like that. In a transition like this, where one pastor moves with the Lord and the next pastor comes in, and you think, well, man, he doesn't do this, or he does this, or I don't like how this is going. I sure wish it was like it used to be. It's like that pair of shoes we we wore out. Now it's they're gone, and we'll never have the next. We'll just never be like it was. We don't have to have that spirit. God doesn't want us to have that spirit because that isn't how He has designed it to be. He doesn't want us to live in the good old days mentality. Remember the good old days? The good old days when I used to be in shape. We talk about how we could run faster than everybody. You know, all the, you know, the good old days when you could eat a whole pizza and not even have indigestion. You know, the good old days. Um, remember the good old days when We'd go to spiritual leadership conference. For those of you who don't know, that's McDonald's on Mondays. It's the fellowship mostly, but you know. Remember when we hiked to the top of Devil's Head? Remember when we went to camp and we had this experience? Remember when we had Pastor Moore? Remember when we had Miss Melissa? Remember the Moore boys? Remember Ethan? Heaven help us. I sure wish we had it back in like it was in those days. Sometimes when God says it's time to move on, it's hard to move on, isn't it? It doesn't mean we don't remember the good times. It doesn't remember it doesn't mean that we don't rejoice about the friendship that we had. But God doesn't want us to wish that it was like it used to be. He wants us to move forward. It was time for Joshua to take the lead. Verse 8, The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab. That's, that's appropriate, isn't it? Look at verse 8 again. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab. That's appropriate. But look at verse 9. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit and wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him. So Moses moved off. Joshua, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit, was God's man. I, I think that the one thing that makes me most excited, Brother Chad, that we gave our ministry these years, our heart to the ministry here, and we've seen so many saved that I cannot think of anywhere in the universe that I'm more excited to turn the ministry over to than Brother Chad Berry, Miss Chelsea. And I can say that probably Moses felt the same way, that the children of Israel are in good hands, Valley Avenue Baptist Church is in good hands. I can say that with confidence. So when you're tempted to wish that it was like it used to be, remember that there are more people to reach and there's more to do for God and that you need to decide that you're going to follow God's man. Decide that you won't allow your heart to spend its time wishing that it was like it was. 
reach more people, reach new people, stay faithful. I, don't, I can't think of anything that would make me more blessed. Amen. Father, thank You for this great day. And for um, this great church. <clears throat> for my friend, Brother Chad, Pastor Chad Berry. For all of those that You have brought by way of invitation or acquaintance or family to Valley Avenue Baptist Church and have been exposed to the Word of God, have been touched by the Spirit through the preaching of the Word. And some who've come and have been saved and now are serving and growing and investing themselves. And then there are those that are here this morning and they, if they're honest, they need to be saved. They've been fighting maybe about it. Pray you'd give them courage to get it settled before it's too late. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. I've been struggling with this, fighting about it in my heart. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Now, if you'll lift your hand, nobody's looking. I will not embarrass you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you for that. Thank you. You can put yours. Thank you. You can put yours down. Already some lifted their hands. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand up. I'll pray for you. Anybody else? I'm not sure if I'm saved. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? There's many who've confessed their need, admitted their need. Is there anyone else? I need to be saved. Would you pray for me? Not sure if I'm saved. Anybody? I'm going to pray for these that lifted their hand. Maybe today for you is the day of courage and salvation. You just have to come. Father, I pray your blessings on the invitation time. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.